The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. So Carl Thomas is continuing his world tour so he's in a time zone where he's not available to us today but I'm delighted that Larry Donnelly has been able to join with Marion McKeown. Uh, Marion, uh, actually let's just start with some of this breaking news that apparently former Vice President Mike Pence has now discovered classified documents in his garage which he has given to the FBI. What's this with former uh, presidents and vice presidents walking off with loads of documents? Do they and their staff not check them before they leave for home? You know, well, you might ask, Matt, and you're absolutely right. This is, Mike Pence is the latest to join the gang of, of um, document hoarders, classified document hoarders. Uh, his team are saying now, and his lawyer, J- Greg Jacobs, says that uh, he inadvertently boxed and transported, or his team, I'm sure he means, a, a small number of documents that may have been classified uh, and says that as soon as he thought that he may have had these documents. You know, I remember last summer Mike Pence was asked uh, after the Trump, uh, you know, after the, the FBI search and seizure in Mar-a-Lago, Pence was asked, have you any documents? And he said, no, no, not that I know of, and sort of hurried off to wherever he was going. But it seems now that I think post-Biden he has asked uh, his team, which is a responsible thing to do, to check and see if there are in fact any documents that that shouldn't be there. And it turns out that there are. And again, he did what Biden did. He contacted the National Archives and has made arrangements to have them returned. I think that a lot of this, like these people are packing up and, you know, presidents and vice presidents. Now, you know, it's one thing to deliberately take things and say, I want that letter from King Kim Jong-un or whatever. But, you know, you have teams of people who pack up and pack up documents and handovers tend to be very frenetic and very fraught. Okay. And, you know, I think it can happen. I think well, let me go to Larry on that. Is this actually going yeah. to let Donald Trump off the hook, though, that he'll be able to say, look, these things happen? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to let him off the hook, but the cumulative effect both of uh, the, uh, Joe Biden in the documents and now Mike Pence in the documents is that an awful lot of Americans are not going to read past the first line of the story. They will conclude that this is something that they're all at. Uh, and especially given that Donald Trump is held to a different, albeit uh, a much lower standard in terms of his conduct uh, than any other American politician, the net effect of all of this is a positive one uh, for Donald Trump. It's not going to get him elected president. It's not going to win him the Republican nomination. But he is the net winner out of all this. Let's move on. Marion, we now have how many mass shootings in the United States already? And we're only on this year and we're already on the 24th of January. Um, 39 is, is the number that the people, the, the organisations that track these things ha- have, have concluded and been concluded by three different organisations that I can, I can um, find. You know, it, it's tragic. Three of them have happened in California and just in under 10 days. Um, you had the brutal shooting in, in another farming community in California nine days ago in which a 16-year-old mother and her six-month-old baby were also shot dead at, at point-blank range. They were amongst eight people killed. Uh, and then just in, in the last couple of days, you've had two shootings in uh, Asian-American communities, uh, the shooting in Half Moon Bay in a community that has been, uh, which just happened yesterday, devastated by by the floods. This is a community where you have a lot of migrant workers. Some of them are documented, some of them are not. They're very close-knit communities and the attacks took place on on, um, two of these sort of areas where 
and they were plant nurseries. They you know they grew, they grew plants. Um, where, where undocumented workers, a lot of them work, lowly paid, poorly treated. And, and as I say, a lot of them had already lost work because of the floods. And, and you know, situ- the situation was pretty dire there anyway. And then before that, the, the um, Lunar New Year in, in, in Monterey Park, which is an area in southeast Los Angeles, um, and another 11 people were shot dead by another gunman. The, the difference in this um, from what, what I suppose we regard as the typical one, which is the majority of these shootings are carried out by young white males under the age of 40. The average age is 33, but there are, of course, other shootings that are carried out for other reasons. In these instances, both of the, the uh, perpetrators were elderly Asian men. One was 71 and the other was in his late 60s. Uh, so that, that does make it unusual. And it seems that in the case of the Monterey Bay shooting, the, uh, the dance studio that was targeted uh, was somewhere that the, the shooter frequented himself. So it okay. seems that there were these were within the communities. Larry, one listener is saying California has stricter gun laws than most places in the United States, indeed many other countries. So was that then now be used as an argument? Oh, it's not the gun laws that are the issue. Yeah, and we are seeing some signs uh, of that already from uh, the NRA and, and gun rights defenders. Uh, however, Matt, the, the reality is these guns, although they, the in particular the gun in, in Monterey Park, evidently was you know to, was definitely not legal uh, under California law. Uh, these are pretty easily accessed just if you want to go across state lines. So, for instance, in Arizona, uh, such weapons can be purchased very easily. So, yes, I mean there is a point to this gun control. Is is not going to be a panacea. Gun control laws cannot cure uh, all that ails the United States and the United States gun culture. They can, however, take a significant step in the right direction. They won't do everything, but they can take a step in the right direction. And it's a really important point. And this is, uh, I suppose, sad at many levels, Matt, in the sense that uh, Marion correctly points out who typically uh, is responsible for uh, mass shootings in the United States. But this hammers home that this is an all-American problem. Uh, this is not just young white males. These th- these were carried out by relatively elderly Asian-American uh, individuals. This is across uh, cultures, across ethnici- and ethnicities, uh, across ages. We recently discussed a six-year-old boy who shot his teacher. This is a distinctly American problem, uh, and it's one that, again, shows no signs of abating. We have dozens of mass shootings. Nothing happens. And indeed, even if you look at the NRA's Twitter feed in the past two days, what has been there but more robust sayings that you will never take over the Second Amendment, you will never take our guns, not even giving a moment's breath uh, in the wake of these horrendous tragedies. Okay, I'm going to run late to the six o'clock news because there is one other topic I want to talk to both of you about. And I'll start with this, Larry. Whoever thought that you could politicise an M&M candy and that Tucker Carlson could go around claiming that it had become the embodiment of woke because a fictional candy character had its footwear changed. It's the ultimate silly, silly nonsense story that, it, Matt, it just, it, 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 it saddens me deeply to see 
uh, that so many Americans can rally around this sort of cause. I mean, we're talking about candy mascots, and so many Americans were riled up by this. I think 20-odd thousand signed uh, an online petition, uh, Tucker Carlson devoting his monologues uh, on his TV program to discuss this. I mean, this is a very, very sad state of affairs that we've sunk this low given all of the huge uh, and far-reaching problems, we just talked about guns, uh, that the United States has on its plate. It does illustrate one thing here, Matt, that I think is crucial from a political point of view. It does demonstrate uh, that attacking wokeness and the woke agenda and any perception uh, that a company, a business, an individual uh, is on board with the woke agenda, uh, it is politically potent and it is something that I expect uh, conservatives to return to time and time again, even when it's brought to its uh, absolutely ridiculous level, as in the, the case of the M&Ms. Yeah, because, Mario, what does it say about Tucker Carlson that he seems to get turned on by a pair of high heels on a green M&M? <laughs> well, they were go-go boots, Matt. Let's be, let's be accurate here. <laughs> they, 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 have, they have been downgraded to sneakers, which if Tucker Carlson ever put his head into the real world, he'd notice that all young women now wear sneakers, like, you know, of, of all ages. People, women don't wear go-go boots anymore. So, you know, get, get into the... I see, that's, that's no evidence of the wokeness that's infecting American society, Marion. <laughs> but, you know, the whole thing is ridiculous. You know, Larry's absolutely right. Before this, we had Mr. Potato Head. We had Dr. Seuss. We had... And, and the things are all distorted. But I have to say, I find the whole M&M thing really cynical as well. They thought that they were going to presumably sell more candy by being woke and by having the the Women's Day candy, and then it turned out that they thought, oh dear, this isn't working the way we thought, because Tucker Carlson's kicking up a fuss, and now they've abandoned all of their uh, M&M spokes, candy spokespersons, or whatever they're calling them now, and, and they've got a, a Maya Rudolph to do the whole thing instead. I mean, for God's sake, you know, like the whole thing is ridiculous, beginning, middle and end, it really is. Thank you very much, Marion McKeown, Larry Donnelly. We're way late. We'll be back with a delayed 6 to 6 after this. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today,